Hello, welcome to Crowdsourcing Revolution. I'm Amanda Rice. Today's show, I'm going to be broadcasting a training put on by World Beyond War about how to start a chapter in your community. The meeting is just about to start. I will take, uh, we'll be taking calls uh, after the meeting is over. If there's time, this meeting is about an hour long. We're going to get started. So my name is Greta Zaro. I'm the organizing director with World Beyond War. Thank you for joining us for this online info session on how to start a chapter. Feel free to use the chat box to introduce yourself, say where you're calling in from and why you're here at today's session, what you're interested in doing. Um, and before we get started, just a few uh, Zoom housekeeping tips. Uh, so we do have the closed captioning on today. If you would like to view the captions, you can click on the CC live transcript button. Um, the captions are done by robots, so please excuse any errors with the transcription. We also have a recording on today, so if you do have to leave at any time, no worries, we will send out the recording afterwards. And throughout the event, please use the chat box to put your questions and comments, and we will get to those at the end. So in this one hour info session, we'll talk about the logistics of starting a World Beyond War chapter. We'll hear examples from our staff and some of our current chapter coordinators around the world. We'll be ready to answer your questions about launching a chapter in your area. So let's get started. Um, we're going to start with a short, about 10-minute video. They will introduce you to World Beyond War's mission and campaigns and what our chapters do. Thanks for your interest in starting a World Beyond War chapter. In this brief presentation, we'll introduce what World Beyond War does and what our chapters are. Our mission at World Beyond War is to abolish the institution of war. We look at war holistically at all of its multifaceted impacts and we oppose 
all forms of war, all types of weapons, and all forms of violence. We operate in a decentralized or distributed organizing model where we don't have a headquarters, we don't have any offices actually, and we all work remotely. Most of our work is run by volunteers around the world in their communities. We have people who have signed the Declaration of Peace in 193 countries and counting. We currently have 22 chapters in 12 countries. A chapter can be thought of as a branch of World Beyond War in a way. It uses the name of World Beyond War, such as Cameroon for a World Beyond War or Florida for a World Beyond War. A chapter uses the logo and branding of World Beyond War and follows our mission of war abolition. We also have 96 affiliates. Affiliates are existing organizations external to World Beyond War that partner with us and collaborate together on things of mutual interest. For example, Canadian Voice of Women for Peace is one of our affiliates based in Canada. We also have 800 and counting organizational peace pledge signers which are organizations that have signed on to our Declaration of Peace. And any type of organization around the world can sign on. So if you know of any groups that might be interested, you can invite them to sign. This is our Declaration of Peace. You can sign on if you haven't yet at worldbeyondwar.org. And again, you'll see on the website the two versions for individuals and organizations. And it lays out our mission to end all war and to work non-violently towards that cause. Our work can be thought of in two buckets of education and action. We debunk the myths of war and lay out the proven non-violent alternatives to war. And then we work with people to put that knowledge into practice, to take action locally in their communities, to work towards demilitarizing their communities and transforming their areas from an extractive militaristic economy towards a regenerative economy. Within our education work, there are three areas, which are to debunk the myths of war, proving that war is not necessary, inevitable, beneficial, or just, to lay out the reasons why we need to end war, what we call the seven whys, such as war threatens the environment, or war promotes bigotry and racism. And we have fact sheets, videos, and other materials on each of these reasons. And the third piece of our education work is to lay out the how. How do we get to a world beyond war? Our blueprint for that is what we call the AGSS, which is the Alternative Global Security System. That is our book, which lays out our three main strategies of demilitarizing security, managing conflict nonviolently, and creating a culture of peace. Within our education work, I've mentioned our book, and we have many other materials that have sort of spun off of that, including our free study and discussion guide, our online courses, which we run throughout the years, our fact sheets, our webinars, and other educational resources. Within our nonviolent direct action campaigns, we have many different areas of focus, which again take a localized focus depending on what's happening in certain regions of the world. Two of our main campaigns are weapons divestment and closed military bases, which we see as core steps needed to get us to a world beyond war by literally divesting, withdrawing investments from the weapons industry, which can be done at many different levels, such as divesting a city or divesting an institution like a university. 
And closing military bases is a crucial step by literally dismantling the infrastructure that is propping up war. And that is the network of military bases around the world of which the United States military has the vast, vast majority with over 800 bases around the world. These are some of our educational and organizing resources. I've mentioned some of them already. A few others that I'll highlight. We also have a peace almanac, which is a calendar of daily peace holidays and important peace um, moments in the peace movement. And this can be used both as an educational tool and an organizing tool to organize days of action around those days in the peace almanac. Another educational resource is our Mapping Militarism Project, which maps out where militarism is around the world, where troops are stationed, where weapons are located, etc. On the right-hand side are some of our organizing resources. We provide a lot of technical assistance to our chapters and affiliates, such as doing a lot of webinar hosting, graphic design, social media assistance, um, organizing trainings and strategy advice, for example. So what is a chapter? A chapter advances World Beyond War's mission to abolish war by hosting events, campaigns and activities focused on peace education and nonviolent direct action. A chapter collects signatures for the Declaration of Peace. It organizes at least four events per year, which can take many different forms. And again, a chapter can choose a localized focus for various campaigns and activities based on what's resonating in their area and what's most relevant within the umbrella of ending all war. Chapters receive various benefits, um, working with our staff who provide free resources and trainings based on chapter requests, such as how to use Twitter or how to create graphics or how to run a nonviolent direct action, for example. We also provide chapters with free web pages and help chapters to set up email lists to run their chapters. We publicize chapter events and connect chapters with people around the world who are working on similar campaigns to share expertise and build global solidarity. And that's one of the great benefits of being part of the World Beyond War Network is the sense of international solidarity. Um, and that's a highlight for me is the quarterly meetings that we have throughout the year with our chapters where we get to hear what everyone's working on around the world and share, you know, what's working, what's not, and how we can work together. Here are some common questions about starting a chapter. Number one, does World Beyond War ever support violence, war, or weapons in some circumstances? The answer is no. We do take an abolitionist approach in our work and oppose all forms of war and all types of weapons and violence. It's very important to us to have a nonviolent stance in all of our activities. Number two, are chapters expected to fundraise for World Beyond War? No, fundraising is not a requirement. Um, it's something chapters can do if it's in their interest or in their means uh, to work on that. Number three, can World Beyond War or my local chapter endorse a political candidate for office? Uh, as a nonprofit, we cannot get involved in electoral organizing, so we can't en endorse uh, candidates running for public office. And number four, what is the legal structure of a chapter? Uh, there is no requirement. Most chapters are unincorporated groups of volunteers. Uh, some chapters have gone beyond that and decided to legally incorporate, but there isn't any requirement for it. 
So that's a brief overview of World Beyond War's mission, campaigns, and what our chapters do. You can find us at worldbeyondwar.org, and we're also on all the major social media channels. Thanks for watching. And with that, I will turn it over to my colleague, Maya Garfinkel, our Canada organizer, who will talk about some examples of our work in Canada and what our chapters are doing there. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Greta. And I'm just going to pull up my slides here so you can all see. All right. That should let us be good to go. Well, first of all, I'm excited to see so many uh, folks from Canada here in the chat. I was just looking through where people were mentioning where they're from, which is really exciting. And thank you all so much for being here. Um, as Greta mentioned, I've had the privilege to be in the position of Canada organizer with World Beyond War. Um, while Rachel Small is on parental leave. So if you all are getting started in the next few months or so, you might meet Rachel as well. Um, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, what we do in Canada and how I work with our six official Canadian chapters, as well as several national coalitions on war abolition organizing of all kinds. And instead of detailing, you know, every single resource we provide to support Canadian peace building, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about a few projects that we've been working on with our Canadian chapters that I believe really exemplify our approach within the context of World Beyond War organizing in Canada. So, oh, let's see if it goes to, okay, here we go. Um, so just a few months ago, the Canada Wide Peace and Justice Network, which World Beyond War Canada uh, helps run and many of our chapters are a part of, uh, helped provide organizational resources necessary for our Canadian chapters and other peace activists to answer the call to action to say no to war back in the streets in solidarity with the United National Anti-War Coalition in the U.S. In Canada, we narrowed in on the phrase, fund peace, not war, to exemplify our approach. In nine cities with 11 actions, we demanded divestment from the war machine into life-affirming sectors over the span of seven days. Chapters used sample social media posts, graphics, local media promotion, participating in national planning meetings, and helped individuals find their place in the movement from coast to coast. In the end, each of these 11 actions ranged very ranged like across many different tactics, including teach-ins, protests, lobbying, and more. For example, in the bottom middle photo there where you see the World Beyond War banner, that's where our Toronto chapter gathered with many other local peace groups for one of the many protests that took place that week. While days and weeks of action like this take place, chapters are key to mobilizing those in local areas that don't necessarily have a home in the peacekeeping, in the peace organizing world otherwise. That's why I believe it's essential that we have chapters on the ground, not only as a way to plug in volunteers and take effective local action, but also to gain organizational strength when warmongering voices really dominate our TV screens and social media feeds. Chapters also played a critical role in another national organizing endeavor that I'd like to highlight today, that of the new CPP Divest Campaign. This campaign aimed to push the Canadian Public Pension Plan to divest from military arms manufacturers, fossil fuels, and human rights violators. This campaign is a great example of intersectional peace activism. We worked with several leading organizations on climate change, Palestinian human rights, Canadian mining, and more to focus on becoming stronger together 
and organizing an activist presence at biannual public meetings this past October. In the end, we successfully organized powerful activist presence in six provinces across Canada, as well as the national virtual meeting, helping everyday people speak directly to those who manage the public pension plan to demand divestment from the military industrial complex. Oftentimes, our people were the only ones in the room asking questions. And I really believe that this success is made possible by World Beyond War's angle as a unifying force, with our, which our chapters exemplified bringing together peace activists from different movements by focusing on our common interests rather than division. In this case, that meant agreeing on common demands for the public pension plan divestment, among other things. Importantly, having an organizational base allowed us to take on this months-long project so that organizing progress wouldn't be lost in the long-term campaigning process, especially when official public meetings for the pension plan board only happen every two years. So this type of organizational capacity works in tandem. Oh, excuse me, I forgot to show you sort of what is sort of some of the resources that we put out there uh, for the public pension plan divestment campaign. And moving on from that, I wanted to also speak to, you know, outside of these larger scale campaigns, how our chapters interact with the communities around them. As Greta mentioned, we're big believers in the power of decentralized community engagement as a way to push for a culture of peace and improve understanding of militarism in Canada overall. In practice, this can look like having a presence at Canadian Remembrance Day with peace poppies, campaigning for the cancellation of the Toronto Air Show, chapters providing free educational webinars with guest speakers and much more. And we really encourage different chapters to embrace goals and tactics that make sense for their community. For example, while our small town Collingwood, Ontario chapter may decide to independently show up and, and picket at their MP offices for the No Fighter Jets campaign, our Toronto chapter is probably going to look a little different, where they focus on building bridges between existing social justice movements in the Great Toronto Area, organizing community building events such as white poppy making. So in the end, as you can see, there isn't really a definitive list of what each person or each chapter should do, but it really depends on that person or chapter's interests, skills, location, and more. We try our best to support this process through our chapters, sowing seeds for decentralized movement building across Canada and across the world. So that's all I have for today, everyone. I really appreciate you listening and I'm really looking forward to hearing some more in the Q&A. Thanks everyone. Great. Thank you so much, Maya. And I think, you know, whether people listening in are from Canada or not, that provides a good example of the types of tactics and the types of campaigns that chapters can work on wherever you're located. Um, oh, and there's a question coming in already. What is white poppy making? So if you want to respond to that in the chat. Um, so now we're going to move on to hear from three of our chapter coordinators from around the world, starting with Bari Sweeney, our Irish chapter coordinator. Barry Sweeney qualified as a primary school teacher in 2006 and subsequently taught in Ireland until he lost his post in the financial crisis of 2008-2009. He then moved to Sicily to teach English, and while he was there, he realized how important it was for him to become involved in sustainable education. In 2014, he stepped back from teaching so he could upskill. He is currently back in Sicily and is involved in English language teaching and global citizenship education. 
through his love for the planet and his desire to help protect it, he came to realize how war and all of its aspects were responsible for vast ecological degradation. And so he joined World Beyond War in 2016. More recent work has seen him teaching on a number of World Beyond War's online courses. In his role as chapter coordinator for World Beyond War in Ireland, he has organized a number of conferences and events in Ireland. So welcome, Barry. Very good. Thank you, Greta. Uh, Barry sounds like a great guy. <laughs> you give me you give me a big head. Um, very good. Yes, uh, I very much enjoyed your presentation there, Maya. Um, in particular, at the end when you said that there there is no definite list of actions to take. It totally depends on your your territory, um, and that would be kind of the message I'd like to give today. You know, maybe you're from like I, I'm from Ireland, which is a small country. So we can work on national uh, national scale quite easily, you know, whereas Canada or in America, you've got bigger states, maybe you're looking at more local state levels, you know, so when you're considering opening and uh, starting a chapter, you kind of need to get to know the, the lay of the terrain, who are the other peace groups, what are they working on, maybe some are working on nuclear weapons, maybe others on um uh, unexploded munitions or human rights groups you know because you don't want to be du duplicating work you know we all have limited time we all have limited energy we have jobs and we have families and we have a full life of course in front of us um so choosing how to spend your energy i would say is very uh, important consideration when you're when you're getting going um like with the group in Ireland, we are very much, uh, we want to deconstruct the war machine. Um, we uh, definitely are quite strong on education, but we're equally strong on, we, we want actions. We, like we, we want to halt the militarization of Ireland, um, you know, in whatever way that might take uh, any form that that might take. And, you know, so we've worked on, like there was the Armenian genocide a hundred years ago. The Irish government has never uh, acknowledged that, even though various countries have, America has, for example. But for more pressure to be built on Turkey uh, in that particular instance, the more countries that, that recognize the genocide, then, a, a, you know, a truth and reconciliation committee could possibly be set up. You know, so we want Ireland to stand up and call out what happened you know for what it was you know so we got a petition going for that we organized a webinar we contacted politicians we put pressure on people and we actually got the prime minister to answer a question in the parliament uh, that came from us through another politician you know so they didn't recognize it yet but that project's not over we're going to continue you know some of our members are the integration into other groups is 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 crucial. Um, not all groups will work on the same things, um, but we are against all war, all weapons, so we can work with anybody. Um, you know, we have one member who's in an organization or an initiative called uh, Stop. Uh, they're um, fighting against the arms trade in Ireland. Ireland, in theory, has no arms trade. We're a neutral country, or so they like to tell us. Um, 
Um, but in reality, many universities in Ireland are researching um, microchips that are used in Tomahawk missiles and are used in military helicopters. It doesn't categorize as arms manufacturing because it's only a microchip. But the reality is it's developed in Irish universities and then produced in Irish um, manufacturing companies. And there's a multi-billion uh, euro trade uh, involved in the arms industry in Ireland. So, you know, this, this group stopped. They've recently now started meeting. They're researching the universities. First, you must be able to identify who your campaign is, and then you begin to, to start strategizing. So we're very big on collaborating, trying not to duplicate work, to work in harmony with the other groups, even if we can't work on all of the same topics all the time. Um, you know, so it, it depends on your group. You know, um, like we have some members uh, that take quite risky um, legal actions. You know, um, one of our members was just in court last week, uh, 10 days of a trial. He acquitted in the end, um, but that went on for six years and, you know, it caused problems with his you know, traveling and the passports taken away, you know, so maybe you want to go quite aggressive, uh, you know, or maybe you're looking for more and uh, not quite so uh, confrontational. You know, if you're concentrating on, ed you know, education, for example, maybe you want a little fly. I know we're beyond war of flyers, of course. Maybe you want one more specific to your area of what's happening to, you know, in New your area, um, or maybe you want to start contacting the local um, teachers who are involved in sustainable development goals, the sustainable development education, because um, war, human rights, um, you know, they are two of the, 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 well, not war, sorry, peace and human rights are two of the objectives, you know, so you producing educational resources. Like in Ireland, if we wanted to work on creating a culture of peace, for example, you go into a bookshop, any bookshop, and there's a war section, you know, World War II, this war, that war. Uh, well, where's the peace section? You know, you know, so maybe you start a picket outside bookshops or maybe for the St. Patrick's Day parade, you want a peace parade. You know, you want one of those trucks with peace on it. Boycotting comes from Ireland. You know, came from the land war in the 1800s. Um, uh, Boycott himself was an absentee British landlord, very, very cruel to the, the local people. And they stopped paying rent. They stopped buying any produce from his land. And, you know, that was the, the, the birth of boycotting. Ireland's greatest export, in my opinion. Why is there no statue to that? You know, so... This is it. You know, maybe you want to work on culture of peace. Maybe you want to work on education. Maybe you want to work on the arms trade. You know, the, the war machine is big. <laughs> so choose something and work on that. You can't work on everything, um, but you can work on something and you definitely can make a difference. Uh, and I'm delighted to see so many people here today. If all of you guys start a chapter, that will certainly be a step in the right direction for this poor world. And I think that's about that, Greta. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bari. Mm -hmm. So our next speaker is Sim Gomri, the Montreal 
chapter coordinator. Sim is a community organizer and activist who founded the Montreal for a World Beyond War chapter in November of 2021 after attending the Inspiring World Beyond War No War 101 training. This fledgling Canadian chapter came into being just on the cusp of the Russia-Ukraine war, the Canadian government's decision to purchase bombers, and so much more. Its members have had no shortage of actions in which to participate. Sim is passionate about nature and the rights of nature, the environment, anti-speciesism, anti-racism, and social justice. She cares deeply about the cause of peace because our ability to live in peace is the barometer by which we can judge the success of all human endeavor. And without peace, it is impossible for humans or other species to flourish. So welcome, Sim. Thank you, Greta. I'm going to try to share screen now. Uh, here we go. Um, can you see that? Yes, perfect. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, so starting a new chapter is the topic of the day. Um, we're a chapter, as Greta said, we were launched in November 2021. We have a mailing list of about 600 people and we have about 40 local activists. And we're one of many, many groups in the Montreal area. Uh, we're a member of Collectif Echec à la Guerre, which has 32 community group members and, and unions and so on. Mouvement Québécois pour la Paix, student groups. We work with independent Jewish forces, CJPME, Canadian Foreign Policy Institute, and, and more. So um, I've already been introduced, so I'll skip that. <laughs> Uh, so planning a new chapter, you can evaluate your strengths, whatever they may be. Uh, manage expectations. Uh, know your milieu if you're in a small town, a university town, a big city and its culture. So as Barry was saying, you try to fit to your context. Uh, research other local and international peace groups and reach out to them and then find your niche. So that's what, what I try to do. Training course is also great. I recommend it. Uh, why did I choose World Beyond War to become a World Beyond War chapter? Because I love the connection to the international peace community. They have dedicated and caring staff. They have training, book clubs, films, webinars, events, and on and on. The Mythbuster series is great for talking to people on the street. And best of all, they have an uncompromising commitment to world peace. That's our banner. <laughs> So I decided to take it by uh, focusing on the various campaigns. One of the campaigns is the RBC Divestment Campaign, also known as Decolonial Solidarity Campaign, or the No to Coastal Gas Link Pipeline Campaign, which is Canada-wide, organized by Greenpeace and Decolonial Solidarity. This is me at a, a solidarity ra rally in December 2021, and we wrote letters. We've done many things. The No Fighter, Fighter Jets campaign is against the $67 billion purchase of 88 fighter jets. We've had rallies, written letters to the editor, done petitions and flyers. And uh, that's, uh, that's a big campaign. There we are at a Lockheed Martin protest, because Lockheed Martin is the company making the fighter jets. Uh, the Russian-Ukraine war is another big focus since we started. We've had many protests and rallies, webinars, uh, social media, networking with other groups. We looked at the Canadian angles, which is we want to get Canada out of NATO. Um, we want to promote Canada signing the nuclear ban treaty, the TPNW, uh, arms divestment, getting rid of those fighter jets again. And we wrote a, a statement in support of uh, Ukraine and this this uh, image is of a, a local activist and uh 
uh, author who spoke in the beginning of our beginning of that campaign. There we are at a protest. There we are at a march. There we are at a oh so Canada out of NATO is a sort of connected campaign. So there's been a few marches about there. There are some members of the local uh, group uh, at an anti-NATO rally last spring. Uh, there are some uh, local members and uh, members of uh, Canadian Foreign Policy Institute who did a disruption in the same uh, the same event. Another focus, another big campaign is disarmament. In, in spring of uh, 2022, we went to uh, a great big arms fair called CANSEC. We, and one of our members wrote a letter to defense workers, which was published. Uh, whoops. Uh, for the UNAP Week of Action, we did, uh, we delivered a letter to the foreign minister, Melanie Jolie, uh, saying that nuclear arms are legal and immoral. And we got, I think, 65 groups to sign on and many, many individuals signed on as well. And we delivered that to her. There we are that same day. Uh, we got, we got some publicity. We were published in the Catholic Church News and online. Um, so my recommendation for you as a potential chapter coordinators, and I hope you will really, really think about it, is never stop learning. Uh, webinars, training, reading films, there's all kinds of resources. Uh, learn to use the Action Network, which uh, World Beyond War makes available to you, and get to know your members and give other people in the group a chance to shine because they have all kinds of skills to, to offer. Uh, use all the webinar, the, all the resources that are available to you through World Beyond War training courses, webinars, blue scarves, campaign, book clubs, films, committee. I'm a member of the Culture Jam committee. I really enjoy that. Uh, and don't forget to use your, your chapters page. And that's my contact info and that's all. Thank you so much. And I, I join with Barry Singh. I really hope to see more chapters after this event. Thank you so much, Sim. And our next speaker is Janet. And also, I believe Stefania has joined us. Stefania, if you're still with us, I made you a co-host so you can unmute as well. Um, and Janet and Stefania are both the co-coordinators of the new Madison, Wisconsin chapter, which has been organizing a series of war abolition walks and also calling on elected officials to reduce military spending, stop F-35 warplanes from coming to Wisconsin and push for diplomacy to end the war in Ukraine. So I'll welcome both uh, Janet and, and Stefania if you're here as well. Thank you. What a privilege to speak um, and get to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in our chapter. We're kind of the new kids on the black block because we just started our chapter um, a couple of um, couple of uh, weeks, uh, months ago. Pardon me. I'm, I need to shrink my screen here and how. Um, so, Stefania, are you? unmuted to we both were gonna say a bit and i'm gonna kick I'm us here. off so. i was trying to write it good yeah did um good good good, good. wonderful from medicine so. and i am gonna be listening to janet too good so um yeah stefana yeah and i started a chapter this chapter just a few months ago and we had um we are kind of very focused on doing war 
evolution walks, but they have, there have been a wide variety of them. Um, and last April, right after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we had a walk. We had our first, um, we called it a peace walk then, now we call them more abolition walks. And that's the image that you're looking at. That was our first one. And um, then uh, we started having them weekly through the warm season in the summer and into the fall. Um, and then in the winter, we've done one walk a, a month. Um, so we've done 24 of these war abolition walks so far. Sometimes we walk for a mile together, sometimes several miles. Um, Maya, next slide, please. Here we are last June. Um, when we first started doing these walks, I was thinking that we were going to probably get yelled at a lot and be accused of being anti-Ukraine. And we have certainly gotten some some yells and some gestures, but every single week, every single walk, um, somebody that I hand a flyer to or speak with says, thank you for doing this. I don't hear the anti-war perspective in the news, and I'm grateful for you all for standing up and, and being present and being public. Um, every week, we, um, Stefania and I and another activist have taken turns making a flyer, uh, Maya. Um, so, so we distribute flyers as we walk, pass them to people who want them. And we usually, we make a different one each week. It's often got the focus on, um, something local on the one side, Maya, and, uh, uh often the, the peace in Ukraine coalition's information on the other side. When younger people have come to the walks, and also when people have come who have direct experience of living on the receiving end of U.S. military intervention, we've asked them to speak at a future walk, and then we featured them and publicized. So we have had um, three excellent talks People coming from anti-war perspectives and from their own direct experiences. Um, one who was born in Laos, one who uh, is from Libya, and another who is United Statesian, but she spent 13 years in accompaniment in Palestine. So each of those people gave an outdoor talk, and then we did the walk after their talk. Um, we've also, in July, we showed part of World Beyond Wars conference at an outdoor on a big screen, uh, the part when um, Yuri Chilyazenko uh, spoke. And um, uh, yeah, next slide, please. Thank you. Um, we focus a lot of times each week, we focus on something different, many times a national call for, for action from World Beyond War and other groups. This week that you're seeing there was um, Diffused Nuclear War, a call, um, and um, we, we walked from um, the uh, uh, an Air National Guard base to our city council, uh, our, our city hall, and then to uh, our uh, U.S. representative. Um, next slide, please. Um, that day we had a spot on the TV news, so that's probably the biggest audience that we have reached um, this past year. Um, we, we always hold our banners, and now we have a World Beyond War flag. We often sing, um, we talk in small groups, and or sometimes walk in silence and talk with other people who come up and meet with us, and we hold our banner. Next slide, please. Um, at World Beyond War suggestion, we did an Armistice Day action one week in November. We started inside of our big state capitol building, and then we went up to the observation deck. Here we are on the observation deck holding our banners in the wind. Um, then we came back downstairs and went to U.S. senators and U.S. representatives' offices, calling on them to um, 
uh, bring an armistice and the war in Ukraine. Next slide, please. Same day with our new World Beyond War flag. Um, it, last summer, I took the War Abolition 101 course, which was so helpful. And it's just been, I have talked so many times with so many people about World Beyond War's um, role and international movement. Uh, it's great not to take sides. All war is atrocious. And I love being able to tell people about um, war abolition. Next slide. Last week, Stefan, oh, that's this is also Armistice Day. Next slide, please. Last week, Stefania led um, uh, a, a walk um, to our indoor farmer's market. So we try to be in visible places, farmer's market. Next slide. This is my last slide. Um, when we were in front of Mark Pocan, our U.S. representative's office. Um, Stefania, just a couple more comments. Stefania and I have been involved in anti-war organizing in Madison for a long time, maybe approaching 20 years. Sometimes our work gets stalled because of disagreements and consensus paralysis. Sometimes some people talk a lot at meetings and other people get tired of listening and stop coming. And sometimes there are meetings that don't lead to actions. And so our focus has really been on going straight to the actions. So we meet while we're walking and we don't have to all listen while one person talks. We can talk in smaller groups. Um, Right now, our action network, the um, email system that Greta has set up for us is so much easier than what we were doing before. And we've got about 50 people on that chapter list. Um, we're also helping with back from the brink anti-nuclear weapons um, at our city council. And we're getting ready to host a regional Catholic worker gathering focused on grounding the F-35 and war abolition. So that's it for me. And I hope Stefania will say more. Oh, and Judy, thanks for being with us. Judy Hi. Miner is also part of our chapter. Hello. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to um, also mention the, the intersectional work that we've been doing with other, with other group. And that has been really, um, uh, really satisfying. Uh, we have worked with uh, Vets for Peace, uh, with the, uh, um, Safe Sky Coalition, which is, um, interestingly enough, because of Maya and the Canadians, uh, against, they have been, uh, we have been doing, um, actions against the, um, the placement of the F-35, uh, jets, um, here. So, um, that has been really interesting. Um, that's it. That's, what I wanted to uh, to bring mainly. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Stefania and Janet and all of our presenters. So we have about uh, 15 minutes left for Q&A. Um, and you can ask the questions of, of any of us, any of our chapters or our staff here on the call. Um, please use the chat box to put your questions and comments. Um, whether it's, you know, how do I get started or some logistical question or, or something that's come up from these presentations. Um, and I do see a few questions have come up already, so we can start to dig into those. Um, I can't see all of you on my screen, so if you want to respond to a question, just unmute yourself and, and chime in. So the first question here that I have is, um, what is the difference between chapters and affiliates in terms of the World Beyond War support that they receive? 
Um, so as we said at the beginning, a chapter, as you just heard, um, is essentially like I say, like a branch of World Beyond Wars, a way to sort of conceptualize it in the sense that it uses World Beyond Wars name. It uses World Beyond Wars logo and, and branding and, and mission. Um, and a chapter works quite closely, I would say, with sort of the World Beyond Wars staff team in terms of the variety of support that we provide, as you've sort of heard through these presentations, um, in terms of kind of the um, technical assistance. Um, you know, we do a lot of training specifically for our chapters based on chapter requests. Um, we provide various tools specifically for our chapters, like the Action Network uh, database that you heard about from a few chapters. Um, so I'd say that the chapters work a lot closer with us in that way, and we provide more of those technical resources, um, also setting up the web pages for each chapter on our website. Um, whereas in comparison, um, an affiliate is more of an external organization, um, like Code Pink uh, or Canadian Voice of Women for Peace or a Veterans for Peace chapter. Um, so, you know, they have their own mission, they have their own campaigns, they have their own organizational structure and brand and logo and all that, um, and basically partner with us. Um, so we're not necessarily providing, you know, that kind of day-to-day, -day more in-depth support that we do to each chapter, but it's more of a partnership coming together on like a specific campaign or a specific event. Um, we may provide some technical resources, like we do a lot of webinar hosting for our affiliates and partners, um, or we often host petition campaigns for joint uh, campaigns with partners. Um, but yeah, hopefully that kind of uh, answers your question. If you have further questions on that point, feel free to put them in the chat. And I don't know, Maya or anyone else, if you want to chime in on that. I think you covered it, Greta. Thanks so much. That's a really important question. Okay. Yeah. And I think there was a related question, a question from Leon, um, in the chat. I think Leon, you were asking about an organization that you're part of in, uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Um, and sort of, I think if I gathered what you were saying, you're saying sort of how can, how can we collaborate or what kind of support can we provide? Um, and I would say, you know, get in touch with us. Um, and we can sort of figure out, you know, ways that we can partner together. Um, you know, it kind of depends on what you're working on, what the context is, uh, what your needs are, and then we can sort of go from there in terms of, you know, as I said, you know, do you need help with webinar hosting or, you know, do you need assistance with hosting a petition or whatever that might look like for your campaign? So. I wanted to mention um, it, one thing that's been really helpful for us in terms of sort of building and bringing the awareness is those Declaration of Peace sign-in sheets. So um, as people sign the, uh, I always take, we always take clipboards with declaration of peace on them. And then people, we ask people to sign the declaration of peace if they seem like they're interested in what we're doing. And that way they can kind of get on the email list. And if they want to get it off later, they can get off easily because of the action network makes that simple too. But it's a good way to um, not just meet people and then lose them. So everyone we connect with, I try to get them to sign if they would like. Wonderful. And Greta enters their addresses <laughs> afterwards. It's <laughs> very yeah. nice of you. Thank you. Um, great. And so another question, a few sort of people are asking the same question, um, which is, okay, now what, right? What's, what's the next step to get started? Um, and I have a few responses to that, and then I want to turn it over to the rest of you as well. Um, but I would say, um, you know, one of my first 
first recommendations would be to take our Organizing 101 training, which Sim had mentioned. Um, so this is a free online training that we have developed, um, which basically further, it's more in-depth, you know, today is just one hour, but it's a more in-depth training that you can do on your own time um, and introduces you further to our work and our campaigns. Um, but beyond just about World Beyond War, it's an Organizing 101 training broader than that in the sense that it provides an introduction to organizing strategies, you know, how to run a campaign, you know, different examples of tactics, things like that to sort of set you up for doing this kind of work. So I will put the link in the chat and I will recommend that as a, as a next step to sort of dig into this uh, further. But yeah, I want to pass it over to the rest of you in terms of your next step recommendations. Yeah, well, I guess next step is to try and find some people who'd be interested in uh, starting this adventure with you, whether it's friends or family or acquaintances. Um, meet a few times, begin to talk a little bit, um, and maybe you begin to do walks like we saw there on the, the slideshows. Um, or maybe you want to do a, a film screening, um, or you want to do, you know, something quite you know, um, not as um, heavy or demanding as, a, you know, a constitutional legal case against your government, for example. <laughs> you know, so start small. Um, I, I would definitely recommend the organizing course, um, you know, because maybe you're looking at, you know, uh, focusing on education and you've decided that, okay, this year we want to go to the, um, freshers week in universities and go to these societies and the clubs. We, we want to install ourselves. We want to open up a world beyond war society club in a university. You know, so maybe you need to print flyers. Maybe you need to, or maybe there's an ecological festival. You want to install, you know, so maybe there's little fees and things in these various little campaigns. You know, so in the, the organizing course, exactly it'll, give you hints and tips on how to do fundraising, how to, to structure little campaigns. Um, it's really excellent and it's uh, self-paced, um, so you can do it in your own time and leisure. That would be start slow and get informed. Um, Sim, was that a hand? Otherwise, I'm happy to chime in as well. Yeah, yes. I was just going to mention that uh, when I started, I know a lot of people locally because I've been an activist for many years. But in terms of sort of scouting out the people that are interested in peace activism, I reached out to uh, Greta and we set up, well, I set up a, a questionnaire, I think, using SurveyMonkey. And she sent it out to all of the people that were already um uh, uh, subscribe to World Beyond War in the Quebec area. And that's how I put together my first uh, 20 or so people that were interested in starting a chapter and that, that indicated in the questionnaire they were interested in joining a new chapter. So that's the fledgling chapter. That's how we got started. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just responding to that, um, yeah, there's so many different ways to get started. I think that the model that Montreal did with that survey was a really great tactic. And we've since replicated that in other cities because it was a good, you know, as you said, opening to get the conversation going of, are you interested in being part of the chapter? What are your skills? What area, what topics interest you? And then we use those responses to cultivate that initial group, as you said. So I think that's a great way. Um, and as Bari said, you know, there's, there's many different ways, I would say, 
you know, just check in with us, you know, that reach out to us. And of course, we'll send out a follow up email after this with all of our contact information and the recording and all that. Um, but just start having a conversation with me or Maya and, and we can kind of walk you through examples of, you know, do you want to do this survey? What makes sense in your area? Or as, as Bari said, often like a film screening or a guest speaker is another way to kind of have a kickoff meeting that brings people in and then kind of go from there. So um, we're happy to, to talk through different options like that. And I, I would just add another point um, in terms of recruitment, adding to what Bari said. I think there is kind of um, what I would say like a duality because Bari was mentioning, um, you know, looking in your existing networks, your friends, your families, if you're part of a faith community. So I'd say that that's a very important aspect. And the duality is that also come to us and see who's already on our list in your region. We probably have some people because we are global. We tend to have, you know, at least a few people in each area. Um, and so we can run a targeted report of our database and see, you know, oh, there's 50 people in your area or whatever. Um, so I say that it's this, it's important to both reach out to your existing networks and then reach out to us and, and see if we can leverage our contacts as well. And Maya, I see that you were trying to unmute. Did you want to say something? Yeah, you actually covered a lot of what I was going to say just now, which is great. Like in terms of, you know, obviously many different routes and also I think many people that might be great candidates to you know, be chapter coordinators or help be a part of a chapter are people that are already doing organizing work and maybe could benefit from the resources and, you know, international or national connections that World Beyond War can provide. And I'm hoping to connect that to Morgan's question um, in the chat, which is about sort of organizing in places that aren't necessarily the friendliest uh, environments, which I think a lot of us could speak to, but, you know, organizing in, you know, a you know, not progressive city or conservative place um, is definitely a challenge that I think um, could be suited to be helped by World Beyond War's resources um, because we have a lot of the sort of, uh, you know, educational resources or, you know, institutional support or strategic consulting or whatever you want to call it um, that could be helpful, especially when you're dealing uh, with a place that might be a bit more hostile um, to the type of work that these activists oftentimes want to do. Um, so I just wanted to mention that that might be that might be interesting. Yeah, Stefania. Yeah, and expanding on that, I, I think that it has been really helpful for us to use the resources um, uh, that uh, War Beyond War and, and other outfits have provided. Like, for instance, we have used um, the webinars that uh, we were watching and then inviting people to um, to join us and just pick, you know, um, sections of, uh, of that, that, that webinar so that, um, you know, there hasn't been uh, the need uh, to really come up with an articulate um, um, idea or concept or explanation that we have used what is already available out there that is already really good so wonderful thanks um there's a bunch of questions coming in now so we'll try to get to as many as we can and janet please go ahead uh, thank you. Yeah, two points. One thing that, that War Abolition 101 course was so important to me because in some sense, it's like philosophically, it's an enormous kind of 
time saver, you don't get, you can sort of sidestep many um, conversations, disputes about whether this war is right or not when you're coming from an abolitionist stance. So I don't have to position myself as somebody who is a historian and who knows everything about Ukraine and what all the answers are. But I position myself as somebody who knows with total confidence that we should abolish war. And with that framing that um, 200 years ago, abolishing slavery was considered impossible. I tell people that so often and that you can see that it's very illuminating. People go, oh, yeah, that's true. We could as a human race do something that seems impossible, but we really should be aiming towards. And one more thing in terms of uh, an organizing strategy that's just sort of, we've, Stefania and I and others, just in the last two months, we've had a couple events on campus at the University of Wisconsin. We hadn't before. Um, and just wherever you can go and be out in public and in front of a lot of people. But when we went there and bannered, um, I was really pleased that a bunch of students came up to us and said, I want to be part of this. <laughs> Let me sign your things. I didn't know that, and you know, there's no student group that's anti-war group on campus right now, but various students want to start one. And I just, I didn't know, I somehow I thought that um, maybe because of my age that it wouldn't make sense for me to go there. I don't know, but I'm glad we went there. I want to kind of go as many places as possible and get in front of as many people as possible. It opens up a path for them to be active. Wonderful. Um, yeah, and I guess also um, chiming in in response to the question earlier of sort of being in a city that might be more conservative leaning, I would say that one thing about World Beyond War as a nonprofit and sort of just embedded in our mission, we don't take sides in terms of politics. And we do have people sort of across the political spectrum who are part of World Beyond War. They might disagree on a 100 other issues. Um, but they can come together on the issue of wanting to end all war. And that's something that we really think is important. And I think in today's divisive world, um, a lot of times people don't want to talk to someone of the other side. They sort of just cut off the conversation right away when they learn, oh, you're from a different political party. But I think that sometimes World Beyond War chapters can provide that opening for a coalition building, uh, a networking that says, okay, let's Let's come together, you know, let's have a conversation about the issue of war. What, you know, let's put aside those other issues for the moment. So just wanted to mention that. Um, another question that's come in is, is there a minimum number of people for starting a chapter? Um, so we do say to aim for having a minimum of 10 members, um, but it's certainly not a requirement. You know, we, we understand when you're starting, you might start with one person, you might start with two people. Um, so, but that's kind of 10 is kind of an initial goal to, to be aiming for. And I don't know if anyone uh, wants to speak as to, yeah, Bari, as to that process for you of starting it and how many <laughs> yes. people you had. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I was a one-man chapter for a while. Um, I got a guest speaker for my very first event. That was 2016. 2017, I organized a national conference with all the other peace groups in Ireland and began to become a little more embedded. 2018, I did another one. 2019, I helped organize the global event in Ireland at that stage, the World Beyond War Global Conference. So kind of between the, the few different years, enough people had contacted me, serious people that we were able to, to put a small group together at the beginning or 2019. 
Um, so we're kind of going now for almost four years um, as a group of 10 uh, very committed people. Um, and uh, again, people are busy. Life is busy, you know, so uh, people want to know if they're joining a group that their time's not going to be wasted. It's not just a, a, a talk shop. Um, you know, so it's good to do your strategizing and then you realize, OK, we need someone to make some graphics for social media or we need someone who can do this so you know so once you kind of know what your campaign is you know who you need and then you can send your emails to the the supporters the world beyond war followers in your area and very quickly you can build your team up like that um it's good to know what you're working on it helps you find the right people Wonderful. Well, we're just uh, almost out of time. Um, So to summarize, we will be sending a follow-up email with a recording, with our email addresses so you can get in touch with us and with some other resources, including the recommended Organizing 101 training that we mentioned as the next step. Um, Again, as we've emphasized, you know, if if you found this training today uh, interesting and you want to move forward, do get in touch with us and we can start strategizing and look at our email list in your area, see who's in your region, try to connect you with them, try to make a plan for a kickoff meeting and kind of move from there. Um, So as we wrap up, uh, any last uh, final thoughts from any of our speakers? Thank you so much. Yeah, I'd like to thank you again. You have been an incredible source of both encouragement, support, and and resources. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I hope everybody listening, I hope that we get some chapters out of this session. That would be wonderful because the peace movement needs more world beyond war. So I'd be looking to see if there are any new chapters that come of this or that are coming up. Uh, soon. I hope so. I hope this will be the year we have some. Thanks everybody for listening. You have been listening to the World Beyond War introductory session. I am going to be heading over to Discord uh, for the noon meeting. So we weren't, we aren't going to do call-ins today. Uh, this recording will be available. I appreciate you showing up for crowdsourcing revolution where you can find out how you can participate in the crowd to do some revolution.